What's up, everyone? Matt Biamonte here. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Just want to give you a little warning. Um, the microphone I was using malfunctioned. Still trying to figure this out. I got a brand new, it's a DJI, the drone company, a wireless mic, and still working through some kinks on it. So my conversation today is, is with Jordan Smith about NBA trade rumors, trade talk for the rest of this summer in 2022. And on my side of things, it's going to sound like we're both talking into a phone. So bear with me as I figure out some new technology. But again, thanks for listening as always. And uh, reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Any thoughts or feedback on the podcast, appreciate it. But uh, without further ado, let's get to that NBA trade discussion with Jordan Smith. What's up, everyone? Welcome by Mate Talking about the uneventful drafts I've ever seen and the future of free agency, potential trades. I bring in a uh, longtime contributor to the podcast, Jordan Smith, and Jordan, uh, you know, not a member of the media, but I do like talking to Jordan about the NBA because we're just really polar opposites. You're a Laker hater. You don't like Steph. You know, whereas I've always kind of been a fan of a team, you've always been a fan of players and and not necessarily the same players that I like. So we have uh, differing opinions and it makes it fun to discuss. So, man, where do we begin, Jordan? Do we start with uh, do we start with the Kyrie stuff? Is this just I mean, it just never ends with this guy, does it? Just the drama, <laughs> the the speculation. I mean, what, what do you what's your what's your what's your take on this Kyrie stuff? Because to me, I, I discussed this on my last podcast, but for me, from the Nets, I definitely don't give him a five year max. If I'm in any other team, I don't know if I bring him in. Like, the talent's undeniable, but you don't know what you're getting. This guy has proven throughout his career that he can't work with anybody, not even LeBron. I mean, he won a chip with LeBron. Did that pairing work because he threatened to sit out a season with a pending knee surgery to get away from him? I'm just like, this dude doesn't work. That's my thought. I'm just like, some people, you just say, hey, not going to work, not going to fit. Talent is there, but can you handle all the other stuff? Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think the biggest question with Kyrie is how much does he enjoy playing basketball? Or is there <laughs> other interest? <laughs> He's uber talented, but is, you know, or there's the political things, the other aspirations he has in life, are those more important than basketball? So, uh, yeah, if I'm in, if I'm, on the nets, I am not signing him to a max deal. There's no way. Um, I would be willing to sign like a one in one with a lot of incentives. Like, hey, you actually have to play more than half the games. <laughs> yeah. Type of deal. Um, but here's, the, here's, of... the, here's the problem to that, though, Jordan, is the NBA and specifically the players of the union and the CBA has made it so that type of stuff is nearly impossible. Like, you see that kind of stuff in the NFL all the time. And that's what I wish the NBA was like with contracts because I think it would make a lot more sense for even the Lakers. And, and I ripped 
the Lakers' involvement with Kyrie on my last pod. But hey, if they could get him for a one and one for 15 mil, that could balloon up to 40 if he plays 90% of the games and hits all these metrics. Sure, but that's just that's just not what NBA contracts are. That's the problem, and that's why that's why he is leaking all this information because he wants to get paid guaranteed money, even though he's done nothing in his career to deserve guaranteed money. Yeah, I think you hit on a good point. I think a lot of this is just positioning himself to try to leverage the Nets and to give him a long-term deal. I don't know that a lot, most of the rumors flying around are even really true. I think they're being put out by his camp. But yeah, I agree. I wish there were instances where the NBA acted more like the NFL, but it hasn't happened. But, you know, there's always a first time for everything. So it'd be nice. If I were the Nets, dude, if I were the Nets, and I hope that they do this because I would just become – I mean, I'll never become a Nets fan, but I would respect them so much because the league, ever since LeBron left Cleveland, has catered to players. Everyone's afraid. If we lose this guy, if we lose that guy, we got to do – like, take the Jazz, for instance. I think there's some catering going on right now to Donovan Mitchell. And I don't know. I don't know if this guy has earned that up to this point. And even maybe even a little bit with Rudy Gobert, where I think we can all agree they overpaid him, right? Oh, for but, sure. And and I wish the Nets would just say, you know what? Here's the deal. If it's one and one or two, I mean, two and you can even talk yourself into two and one, two years with a team option on the third, and we'll pay you twenty five million a year which is well below the max, but that is still a, that's still good money. Like once upon a time, that was a max deal. And if they say no, then who cares? And then if Durant gets mad, also who cares? Like Durant is, Durant's exceptional, but Durant's on the downhill. It's, uh, I mean, it's, you can't, it's going to sound crazy, Jordan, but I don't think you can build a team around Durant that can't compete right now. I don't think this is a situation where any team could have Kevin Durant and then say, well, we got a, you know, we got to tweak things here. We got to hit a couple home runs in free agency. We got to draft. I just, if Durant gets mad, then Durant gets mad (laughs) because as of right now, that team, that team's not going to win a chip. And do you want to, you know, pull a Lakers and and put your next 10 years on the line to win a championship. I, I don't know. I just – it sounds kind of crazy speaking that into existence, but if Kyrie walks and Durant gets mad, they could get a haul for Kevin Durant, and then you don't have to put up with this stuff anymore. Yeah, it's kind of a sticky situation. I agree with mostly what you're saying, but all of their picks are going to Houston, so they can't just <laughs> – bottom out because wherever Durant goes that team's going to be they're not going to be a lottery team they may not win a chip like you're saying I think I agree with that but they're not going to be a lottery team so you're the next so you have to get a good player to help you contend because you're not drafting anybody in the next four or five years well then then here's the thing though let's circle back well go ahead and finish your point my bad Jordan I keep cutting you off go ahead no I I would let Kyra that's the the whole pivoting point of this is what, how does Durant feel? What is he thinking? Cause if he's really going to get that upset, then I, you know, you've, then I think you try to keep Kyrie, but not at all cost. I mean, then 
that does leverage your negotiations a little bit. But I could also see Durant being like, I don't care. I've been with this guy for two or three years now. He never plays. He's constantly just going off on philosophical things instead of the game of basketball. And good riddance, get get out of here, Kyrie. Let's get some let's get some young players in here and build something. So I, I could see it going either way. The smart play would be to trade him. I just don't know where you trade him. That's 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 the million dollar question because sure, would the Lakers like Kyrie Irving? Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Even though I think it's stupid and it would it would it would totally fall in line with just the absurdity of Rob Palinka since they won the championship for them to want that. But I don't know why the Nets would want Westbrook because flexibility doesn't help them get to where they want to get to. That's it's just that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And this idea too that well, oh Kevin Durant has worked with him before, he'll uh, work with him again. I, I don't think Durant wants to play with him. Westbrook's a declining player. I just I don't think the Lakers is an option. I don't. I mean, the Knicks might be the one place where it makes sense because they are just so desperate for success and stardom. But what can they give Brooklyn? That makes any sense. And then the Clippers, it's kind of the same point. Like Kyrie would definitely fit with the Clippers. He might have to fall in line with Ty Lu and and Kawhi and Paul George, but who who can they I mean I'm thinking I'm not thinking Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard and some future assets. I just I don't know a team that wants Kyrie that will be able to give the Nets something that keeps them in contention. Yeah, they're not getting an, an all-star level player back. They'll get some youth, maybe a pick. But but with how he's just tanked this whole thing, like that's the problem. The Nets don't have leverage in any trade because they know that Kyrie can just walk and someone could sign him for a lesser deal, you know. Or I mean, if he hits the market and no one wants to touch this guy, his value will go down. So, yeah. There's I, always someone. That's what's frustrating about the league. There's always some dumb team out there that's desperate that ruins it for everyone. You know, it's like the Simmons thing. I didn't think we'd talk about Ben Simmons today, but, I mean, why did anyone want this guy? And it almost makes you feel bad for the Nets because that trade, I mean, you don't have a better option to get off of Harden after Harden Harden quit on the team. But then you bring in a guy who's even more problematic. I mean, that that drama in the Boston series was just unbelievable. Targeting game three. Oh, just kidding. There's, I'm just, I mean, I guess the main takeaway from this is what in the you-know-what was Kevin Durant thinking leaving Golden State? I mean, just unbelievable. Don't you think that he traded that? for what he has in Brooklyn right now, it's got to be one of the most mind-boggling moves a star has ever made. Because you look back at LeBron's move to Miami, no one has anything but great things to say about that, even though it may have been controversial at the time, which really it wasn't. I mean, the dude was a free agent, and he wanted to go somewhere else. Guys can do that. But can you – I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here, but can you think of a worse move by someone to leave what Golden State had – and then where he is three years later, it's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. 
but you also have to remember like the ego of an NBA player and the vanity. Yeah, fair you enough. Know. They're not like you and I, huh? Right. <laughs> Living in Steph's world, just he wasn't having it anymore. And there were a bunch of injuries, you know, that's they would have still taken a couple of years to get back. So how funny is it that Durant didn't want to live in Steph's world and now we've come full circle to where LeBron wants to. Isn't that's what that crazy? When you're, you're in year 20 and starting to like not want to do everything for the team. I think <laughs> I would say that the lesser of the bad decisions is leaving Golden State. I think the actual worst decision is tying yourself to Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I could see. Le- I mean, I could see LeBron on the Warriors in the year like 22. Coming off the I don't, this is going to sound crazy, but I don't know if the Warriors would want LeBron at that point. I don't, I that's the thing. He, he might he might want that, and that's great. But are they going to want that? Because they don't want a Kevin Durant situation again. I think this year proved that we don't need that. We want we want people who buy into everything that Warriors are, and we'll be fine. You know. So we touched on this briefly, though. The Russell Westbrook angle is it's a fascinating one because he was so bad last year. And I think he just really – I mean, there was this idea out there that he wasn't going to change. And I think that was fair to think that. But then you, you did wonder. And I think there was some – I'm not going to give Plink any credit because I can't stand the guy as a VP of basketball. He's got to be the worst VP in sports, in front of – I mean, forget about basketball. It's got to be – I can't think of anyone that rivals this dude because even though he won a chip, he didn't do anything for that chip. AD was coming to L.A. and LeBron was coming to L.A. too. So, you know, I I think I might have been able to put together a championship-level team if those two were coming to my team regardless. Right. But Vineyard, as you know, I'm going on – I mean, geez. Normally, this is a quiet little town in the morning, but it's getting loud. Anyways, you can talk yourself into, hey, we have LeBron. We have AD. Maybe he'll do the little things. Maybe we can get in some pick and roll. Maybe he can play off the ball. None of that came to pass. So he's got this ridiculous contract number. He's not going to change who he is. And then... Now there's rumors that hey we're gonna we're gonna roll it back with him rather than what do you do with Russell Westbrook? I think the only thing you can do is, unless you can find a stupid team, which it seems like there's less and less of those. I mean, yes. there are still some, but <laughs> even the bad teams. Like the Memphis Pelicans, is in 2008. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Right. Like the Pelicans seem to be legitimate. Orlando seems to be putting things together. I mean, all the stupid – I mean, Sacramento's still stupid, I think. So, I guess there's them. But. So, I think what you have to do is you've got to pump up his trade value at the first of the year before the trade deadline. Oh, so you keep him in the camp. Yeah. I think the only – you can't get – you can't trade him for nothing or you can't, like, have to take on more bad contracts. You've got to be able to – the first 30 games of the season, you've got to put him on showcase, make him look great like he did at the end of the Wizards season – and then find a desperate team to take him on. I don't see it any other way. I don't. I feel like there's there's two paths here. There's only two options. Option number one, 
and this would be painful to do with LeBron and AD, but it might not be the worst thing, is just tell them to go home until the trade deadline, and then maybe you can get a salary dump at the at the trade deadline. Now, that sounds crazy, but you just can't have the circus. You can't have the starving ham stuff. It, I mean, it was bad enough last year. It was ridiculous. He was going after Vogel like – Vogel never liked me. You played bad. That's what it was. He played bad. Yeah, he's blaming That's... the fact that he was playing off the ball. That's and that was Vogel's fault. I, I read that the other day that Vogel had him playing off the ball, and that's why he played. So he bad. didn't play off the ball though. That's the thing. He played on the ball. He I, <laughs> he was second in the team in scoring for heaven's sakes. Like this dude did what he's always done, and he did it worse than he's ever done. So I'm just like I don't know if I can. I don't know if the Lakers can even afford to take that risk of pump up his trade value. There is one trade that I think would be mutually beneficial. And that is if you could convince and maybe call on a favor from a former Laker GM, could you, could you trade him to Charlotte? Could you take Hayward back, which I think Hayward has two years left. So you're adding another year of a bad deal, but you know what? Hayward is, when healthy, Hayward is exactly what the league is right now. He can shoot. He can defend. Probably not as good as he did in, you know, pre-injury. But I think it'd still be – the team would get better with Hayward if he was on the floor. And then if you could – I don't even care who the other person is. Could even be a pick. I, I don't know. Salaries probably wouldn't work in that case. But I'd flip those two. Charlotte could get some salary relief from signing Hayward. That's the only trade to me that I think makes any sense for both teams. Yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat if it's available, for sure. Would you? Yes. Yeah. If it, Are the there any other, is... any other Westbrook trades that you think would even entice the other team to take that guy on for a year? No, I, I can't see. I think the Nets thing would have to be a – there'd have to be a third team that also yep. gets a pick from the Lakers in 2030 or whenever they get another pick that they can actually trade. So You know they... what? The Lakers have gotten some grief from not being willing to part with any more first-round picks. That's like the smartest thing has done. Because this is the way I see it. Lakers aren't winning next year. They're not. So you can't just keep – pushing debt down the road we can't keep refinancing the home at some point you just gotta press forward and you'll never be able to get out of the hole if you just keep shedding assets 10 years down the line yeah i agree with that really i'm surprised you agree with that well the thing is you have to trade lebron though i I would be i'd be willing to do i think i don't know if lebron wants to leave la but that also might be mutually beneficial because they're not winning right? for the next couple of years. They're just not. They're, they're, there's nothing they can do. The only thing that could change this is that Anthony Davis becomes the best player in the world, and we don't have any indication that that's going to happen. Yeah, especially when he doesn't pick up a basketball for three months of the offseason. Oh, man. Jeez. I don't think that's the news you want to let out after a couple of disappointing years that no. basketball isn't your And he focus. did it. It was so nonchalant, too. It was just like, hey, here's a ball I haven't touched in two months. It's like, should you make up a lie as to why you haven't? 
Oh, I've been I've been grinding in the gym. My focus has been on getting my body right. Like something, nothing from this guy. They might need to just trade everything and just start from scratch, which is it's crazy to think that's what happened after winning in twenty twenty. Okay, last thing. Last thing here. I gotta tell you this story and you're gonna laugh. I'm not gonna reveal the individual. But I about fell off my chair when I heard this. So I'm at I'm at like a lunch dinner with some colleagues from KSL. It's not Mitch Harper, by the way, if you were wondering if it was Mitch. It was not Mitch. Okay. And we were we were talking about the topic of the jazz came up. And Rudy Gobert, this was obviously pre-draft here, right? Right. And, and by the way, we were at Backdoor Burger in Provo. Have you ever been? No, not yet. We'll have to go sometime. It's pretty freaking good. I was very impressed. So we're at Backdoor Burger. We're just talking sports. This is after BYU Media Day. Okay. And the topic of Rudy Gobert comes up. Do you want to trade him? Do you not? Yeah. And I'm like, this is my thought. And I, I've actually probably reversed course on this because I don't think I fully understood the depths of the Rudy contract. It's so bad, Jordan. The Rudy contract might be the worst contract in the NBA in two years, don't you think? Yeah, he'd have to be on the right team in the perfect situation for it to work out. But isn't he scheduled to make like 40-something million dollars in 2025? Yeah, but aren't the rights – I, I mean, I don't know. 40, 40, 50 million might be the new 20, 30 million in a couple of years. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. Okay, fair point. So it's bad. It is bad, though. For a guy that gets run off the floor in playoff series, paying $40 million, that's a bad contract. Yes. To your point, in the right situation, the right team, maybe it works. I feel like there is a right situation in a right team, and it's Golden State. Because I think that. Rudy can set picks. He can play in the high pick and roll a little bit. He's obviously not going to slash to the basket, but they would get the game's best shot blocker. They would need no offense from him. He could probably play with green. You could go Thompson, Curry, I don't know, somebody. Rudy and green. I think defensively they'd be outstanding. So I'm like, I think Golden State's the place. And I think Golden State might give you the best return because we've we've seen some rumors where Atlanta was willing to maybe it's John Collins and some people. And I'm like, Golden State, Golden State has a a wealth of of assets and it's it's not even fair. I mean, you're talking about Wiseman, who is not the asset he was prior to this year, but he's still an asset. There's still some clown team out there that would say he's the number two pick, change the scenery, you got it, you know, we've heard that story a million times. So you have Wiseman, that's an asset. Wiggins has become an asset. Jordan Poole has become an asset, especially because he is dirt cheap right now. Right. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga are still assets, even though, dang, it's been a loud morning in Vineyard as I'm watching this train go by, Jordan, four-engine train. It's not good for the pod, but it's good for my son on the walk. So I guess he's happy. But so we've just we've just laid out five assets right there, and then there's they're not they have picks too into the future. So 
I don't know, eight, nine, ten, whatever number you want to put on it. They have, they have a combination of ten different things they could do. And I was like, I think Golden State makes the most sense and probably gives you the best return because you could get a wealth of picks. I don't know, two or three first-round picks. You know, Golden State, you, you can negotiate on the assets. And I'm like, you probably get Moody and Wiseman. Wiseman, Moody, picks for Rudy Gobert. Um, you probably have to throw in another salary. So maybe you, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a sign and trade with Kevon Looney where he gets paid and he gets, I, I, I'm just like throwing this out there. Right. So okay. this is a long story. He's like, oh, no, man. It has to be Wiggins, pool <laughs> picks, and I about fell off my chair because I'm like, you can't think that you're you're in the driver's seat, right? Like, you're gonna get what Golden State wants to give. I, this isn't a case where everyone and their dog is coming after. I just, I'm like, these Jazz fans, man. This is why people that aren't Jazz fans criticize that fan base because i'm like you can't be serious this dude is a liability at some i don't think he would be with golden state but for 28 of the 30 teams he would be a liability in the playoffs right so i just couldn't i couldn't believe that i think he's like oh we're just gonna take whatever we're gonna get in this we're getting that throwing wiggins throwing pool i'm like you've got to be out of your mind wiggins almost won finals mvp not giving up him for That, that's a pretty good trade that you brought up. I think the only other one that I would really consider is I would definitely call Phoenix because Aiton is – I don't think Aiton is going to be there next year. And if you can do a one-for-one one with Aiton sign and trade, I would do that in a heartbeat. I don't think you could because of the salary. So you'd have to – there'd have to be some kind of asset exchange here and they'd have to throw in something to get the salaries to match more. I think the rule is you have to be within 75%. Don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm not a salary cap genius, but – yeah, so that one. They can offer him an extension and then sign and trade, right? I don't know. Th- there you go. Good point. They could they could pay him and then trade him. That one. Either one of those. Here's the problem, though, dude. This is my last thing. This is my crazy hot take for the pod. Either one of those things guarantees that that other team is going to the NBA Finals at some point in the next three years, right? Yeah, there's some to be pretty damn good. Pretty, sorry, pretty dang good. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. And so are the Warriors. Like, the Warriors are already odds-on favorite, I think, right now to win next year. And that would just put them over the top because that would solve a glaring problem, which is rim protection and rebounding. So, either one of those trades guarantees you're not going to be as good. Did that push Donovan Mitchell out the door? Which is why I come to my hot take. I would trade Donovan Mitchell now and keep Rudy Gobert. I think I think there's 100 players in the league that can play with Rudy Gobert. Does that solve your problems in the playoffs? No, it doesn't. You, you have to construct around that. But I think it is way more possible to construct a winning team around Rudy Gobert than the Donovan Mitchell we've seen the past two years. This dude is high volume, not a great leader. Uh, He's a great scorer. He's a lot of fun. Uh, He can dunk the ball really well. And I think some of that, too, is just he's a little shorter. 
And so when he does throw it down, it's got a little more flair. But I'm just like, you could get more for him. And I think you have a much – you have way more flexibility to build a winning team around Rudy because of how many different people can fit around him. And I don't know. I don't know what you do. Because I thought Conley was a great fit with Donovan Mitchell. That hasn't panned out. Rudy Gobert doesn't demand the ball. That's not working. I'm just like – I don't know how you build a winning team around Donovan. I just Donovan is not good enough to be having you build around him. He needs to be Donovan Mitchell needs. This is going to sound crazy, but this whole conversation is crazy at this point. But he needs like a uh, a Golden State situation where he cannot be the man and and sit back and and do things a different way, kind of like Wiggins. There you go. There's there's my hot take. Trade Donovan and keep Rudy Gobert. Jazz fans, cover your ears. I'm blowing up. <laughs> I trade both of them. <laughs> I think if you're in a less than desirable market, sorry, Salt Lake City. Um, I I don't feel like you can just hold on to stars that they can't put you over the top. And I don't think either one of them. Like we talked about earlier, Gobert has to be in a perfect situation, a championship ready team. And then you add him, and he puts you over the top. I don't. You can't build around either one of them. I would, I would pull the Pelicans. I would pull a OKC. Orlando and trade these guys and get picks and young players and then try to hit a lottery. I bought them out for this French guy coming out next year. Tank a Palooza, let's go and just start <laughs> over because neither one of these guys have it. Yeah. It's truly really too bad because it felt like 20, was it 2020? 20, last year, 2021. They get the Kawhi break. I thought that they matched up well with Phoenix. That, that could have gone either way. I'm like, they could have been in the finals. They can't take care of business against the Kawhi-less Clippers, and now we're talking about blowing it up. But that's what happens when you invest in these guys who just are never able to get over the hump because what we've seen in the past decade, and it's really been, it's really what we've seen in the past 40 years is if you don't have a top five player, forget about it, <laughs> right? You can just forget about it. It doesn't matter if you have two top 20s. If you don't have a, a top five, you're not, it's not happening. And they don't have that. So I don't, I don't hate that. I mean, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And you have a new coach too. So then you could go find another Brad Stevens type who has never been an NBA, NBA guy before and kind of do what they did with Quinn Snyder what eight years ago? Yep, it's, it's not a bad idea. I don't hate it. Yes, I hate it. Well, <laughs> they're not going to win. But I will say this though, Jordan, I have appreciated, begun to appreciate a little more having a team that is good. Maybe they can't win, but with players that you enjoy rooting for, because that just that really hasn't been the case since. Kobe retired. I did like that 2020 Lakers team. I liked Caruso, Kuzma. I liked that version of LeBron and AD, but there was something to be said about having a playoff caliber team with likable players, but... Easy to say that after 17 championships, Matt. You got zero. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think losing in the second round is a great deal every year when you have, don't have any championships, but... <laughs> You know, the rich, that is, the rich get richer probably, over there in LA, I guess. So <laughs> that's the uh, you hit the nail on the head. That's uh, it's easier said than done. When in my uh, sports fandom, I've celebrated six championships that I remember. 
Jazz don't have any championship DVDs, Matt. They don't have any highlights <laughs> to go back to. That's a good point. All right, you're the man. Thanks for uh, thanks for talking some NBA with me here. And uh, you know what we need to do soon? We need to have you, Dave Madsen, and myself and revive just the madness that was at BYU Conversations many years ago. That That sounds like a reunion that needs to happen. I don't know if you want to do that, Matt, because you had some pretty hot takes on Kalani that didn't exactly come to pass. So I don't know. We'll I'm see. hey, I was, I mean, I was I'm all gl- for it though, so don't worry. I was me. glad to be wrong. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all right, all Jordan, right. have a good one, man. Appreciate it. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Yep. See you.